0: Good morning. It is good to be together on the Lord's Day. We are thankful that you are here, if you're visiting. We are especially glad to have you in our midst, and we hope you'll be back tonight at 6 as we continue our worship together. The sermon this morning is going to be a little bit shorter because uh, Jonathan Medley is going to take a few minutes at the end of the service and talk to us, and so we have adjusted accordingly. Somebody has said that you can see yourself in the Bible. Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. And so maybe you have read the Old Testament and you have run across a story and you have thought, I see myself there, that reminds me of me. Maybe you have read the account of Cain and Abel and the jealousy that Cain had toward Abel, his brother, and maybe you've thought... You know, I regret to say, but I I see myself there. Maybe you have read 1 Kings 18 and 19, and you read about Elijah, and he felt alone and depressed, and, and you see yourself there. Maybe you've read about Lot's wife, who could not help but look back because of her children that were left behind, and you see yourself. Maybe you've read about David, as Nathan says to him, "'Thou art the man.'" and David is pricked in his heart because of his sin, and you see yourself in David. You know, we see ourselves in both the good and all too often in the bad examples of the Bible. In James chapter 1, verses 23 and 24, James says that we are to look at ourselves in the mirror of God's Word, and we are to make appropriate adjustments. I've got the whole text here, but the idea is we are to reflect in God's Word. We are to examine ourselves. And so this morning, we're going to look at a mirror, and I hope we don't see ourselves in this mirror. The mirror is going to be Malachi chapter 1. During the days of Malachi, God's people had a different problem than they did under some other prophets. Because you see, some of the other prophets, the great problem of their day was idolatry. That is, the people of Israel were bowing the knee to Baal. They were bowing down and worshiping idols and false gods. And, of course, you remember the first of the Ten Commandments says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. That is, God was saying, I must be first in your life. I will not take second place. Exodus chapter 20 says, I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. And although the Lord is abundantly clear on this fact, still idol gods were a stumbling block for the children of Israel for generations. But when you get to the book of Malachi, that's no longer a problem for them. They've got a lot of other problems, but never again do you read about them bowing the knee to Baal because Babylonian captivity had cured them for that, cured them of that once and for all. And so In Malachi, we read not about idolatry, but about another problem. The great problem of Malachi's day was religious indifference. That is, they did not want to worship God. They thought it was a bother. Now, brethren, how relevant is that? How is that for a mirror? You want to talk about something that is relevant to our society, even maybe to the church today, to say, I don't want to worship. It's a bother. I would rather be doing something else. And when they did worship, they didn't do it right. They did it the way they wanted to do it. They tried to spice it up and make it less monotonous. Does that sound relevant? And when they did go to worship, they were half-hearted. You know. If we have something that strikes a modern chord today, it is going to be this lesson from Malachi chapter 1. We're going to draw four points from this chapter on the subject, Do You Dread Going to Worship? In fact, if you noticed in the bulletin, the topic was, Do You Hate Worship? I decided to soften it a little bit. Do you dread going to worship? But we're going to pull four points out of Malachi chapter 1. Number one is their attitude toward worship. Number two is the actions in their worship. Number three is the ignorance of their worship. And number four is the actuality of their worship. Now, we're going to begin and read this text from Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, and then we will make our observations. Malachi 1 and verse 6 says, A son honors his father, and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts to the priest who despised my name? Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar. But you say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now to your governor." Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? But now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you who will shut the doors so that you would not kindle a fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering From your hands, for from the rising of the sun, even to the going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering. For my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. But you profane it, and that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit and its food is contemptible. You also say, Oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. And you bring the stolen and the lame and the sick, thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am the great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. The title of the sermon this morning is, Do You Dread Worship? Our first point is going to be this their attitude toward their worship. Now, I want you to look at verse number 13. The Lord says, You say, Oh, what a weariness it is. Brethren, worship had become a burden to them. Rather than being a joy, it was a burdensome chore. How different is that from David in Psalm 122 and verse 1, when David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Now, I want you to notice the problem with these people is not that they weren't going to worship at all. They were going to worship. The problem was they didn't want to go to worship. The problem was they went, but it was a burden to them. And so the first thing this morning is, I want us to consider our attitude toward worship. Is our attitude, oh, what a weariness, or is it like David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. If we are going to have acceptable worship, it's going to have to start right here. And at the heart of this issue is, is God first in my life? Brethren, this is a serious, serious point we're making here because if you find worship to be a weary burden, then there is a deeper problem. If you find prayer is a chore that you have to do, then there's a spiritual problem in your life. Why do I say that? Because this ought to be the center of your life. This ought to be what life is all about. If it's something you're having to make yourself do, then there need to be some changes. And you know, we might communicate this to our children in ways we might not even realize. You know, sometimes on Saturday night, we may say to our kids, now, you can't watch a movie tonight because... We have to go to worship in the morning. What do we communicate? Maybe we ought to say, we can't watch a movie tonight because we get to go to worship in the morning. We do a lot to affect our children's views sometimes in ways that they are, you know, we don't even realize they're listening. How do you talk about the church and members of the church in the presence of your children? As I was preparing this lesson, something occurred to me that I did years ago, and that is I was complaining to Sherry about something in the church, and I remember that my kids were listening, and it struck me. What am I teaching them? What are they getting from this? I wasn't directing it toward them, but they're sitting there, absorbing that. Here is the first lesson, and this is our attitude toward our worship. The Lord is very angry with them because of their attitude in worship. Here's the second point, their actions in worship. Verse 7 says, You, have defi- you offered defiled food on my altar, but you say, In what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased? Would he accept it, says the Lord of hosts? And verse 7, he says, they offer polluted bread. And verse 8, he says, they offer the lame and the sick as offerings to God. Now, according to the law of Moses, they were supposed to offer the best of their flock to God. Leviticus 22 and verse 24 says, You shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised, or crushed, or broken, or cut. But look what they were doing according to verse 13. Apparently what they would do is they would go out into their flock... And they might find a lamb that the night before had been mauled by some ravenous beast, a wolf or something. And they would say to themselves, you know what, this animal is not going to be worth very much. I'm not going to be able to sell him. And so what they would do is throw him over their shoulders and they would rush to the priest. And they would say, offer this as a sacrifice to God for me. Why? Because it wasn't worth anything. And in verse number 8, Malachi says to the people, offer that to your governor." See if, you could get a, see if your secular leader would accept this. You, are going, you would not give this to a human governor, and yet you're going to give it to God. And verse 14, he says, I am the great king. You wouldn't give it to your governor, but you're going to give it to the great king. Now, brethren, here's time for self-examination. We don't live in a day of animal sacrifices that we offer to the Lord, but we still have offerings to the Lord. Hebrews 13 and verse 15 says, "...let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God." That is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to Him. Do we not offer up prayers of glorification? Do we not offer up songs of praise? And so we need to ask ourselves this question. What about our offerings to God You know, the problem with these people in Malachi, again, is not that they didn't worship at all. The problem was they were offering sorry worship to God. The same thing could be true for us today. How? In several ways. One way is we could alter the worship. We could offer to God something other than what He has asked for and give Him profane worship. We could bring in instrumental music. We could bring in praise teams. In fact, you know, I've thought about this issue of the praise teams. Why do we bring in praise teams? Or why do some churches bring in praise teams? That is, they will get a group of three or four or five people that are the best singers, and they will have them come up front and lead. Why do they do that? They don't do it because they found something in the Word of God that that they think, oh, God wants this. They're doing it for the sake of mankind. They're doing it because We're kind of weary with worship. They're trying to spice it up. They're trying to make it better for us. This is not about God. This is about focusing on man. We could profane worship by having women preachers. We could profane worship by making ourselves the center of worship instead of making God the center of worship. I remember years ago when we lived in Atlanta. There was a big church there that had... uh, They put up a series of billboards... And it showed the torso of of a person. He was playing electric guitar, and it said across the billboard, Worship for people who don't do worship. Think about that. The electric guitar, worship for people who don't do worship. And what they were saying is, if you don't like that old traditional worship, if it's a weariness to you, come here, because this is worship for people who don't like to worship. Why? Because it's going to be fun. Secondly, we could profane our worship to God the same way that they did. And that is by not offering our best. We could pray to God half-heartedly. That is, when I'm praying, my heart's not in it. I'm not really thinking about it. It's just, you know, I'm just, we're in worship, but my mind is somewhere else. I can sing to God, but my heart's not in it. You know, the human mind is amazing. I can be standing there, my lips can be moving, I can be singing the words to the song, but my mind is completely somewhere else, and I am offering to God that which is without the heart. You know, sometimes we sing this song and we're not giving God the best. We're offering Him the second best. Maybe it's because, maybe I don't like the song. Maybe I don't like the song leader. Maybe I'm mad that he sung all five verses, and so I'm going to sit there and I'm just not going to support it. Whatever the reason, I'm not offering to God my best. And these people's problem, again, they weren't skipping worship. They were engaging in worship, but they weren't giving the Lord the very best that they had. They would give God the leftover animal so that they could keep the best for themselves. What about us when it comes to our offering? When it comes to uh, giving and the contribution, it could be that I'm going to give the Lord my leftover money, so to speak. That is, after I've paid all my bills, and after I have paid for my boat and all of my recreation, I'm going to give a little bit to the Lord after that. You know, we live in a day where people take worship to God less and less seriously. I think about even the way that we present ourselves in the way that we dress when we come to worship. I know people get sore when we have this discussion, but the Lord is making a principle here. He is saying, I want you to think about this. He says, you will do things for your secular governor that you won't do for me, and I'm the great king. Think about the application of that principle. Brethren, this is a relevant thing. Here's the third thing. Think about the ignorance of their worship. In verse number 7, he says, You offer defiled food on my altar, but you say, In what way have we defiled you? That is, they had polluted their worship. They were not offering to God their best. They weren't obeying God's law. But when God pointed it out, they said, What are you talking about? We haven't done that. That is not true. Lord, we don't know what you're talking about. Friends, this point concerns me maybe more than any of the rest. Because we're talking about children of God who were worshiping Him. They were really doing what was comfortable for them and what they liked to do. And they were bringing God's wrath upon themselves because he felt disrespected by it. And when he pointed it out, they said, that's not true. We disagree. They got mad. The preacher's pointing, Malachi, the preacher's pointing it out and they deny. We don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong. That is not right. That's why we need to examine ourselves and our heart and make sure that we are truly giving God the very, very best because though they were doing it, they were in complete denial of it. They were completely ignorant of it. That's why we've got to check ourselves by the Word of God. Now here is the actuality of their worship. Verse number 6, A son honors his father, and a servant honors, his master if i them am the father where is my honor if i am a master where is my reverence says the lord of hosts to the priest who despises my name i tell you what this is powerful here is malachi the preacher saying to the priest of his day you have despised the name of the lord that says something about god's preacher this is, uh, this, this is um, an example of what a preacher of God will do. He's going to tell people things sometimes that are hard to hear. He's not going to tickle ears. You know, in Acts chapter 20, Paul said, I am free from the blood of all men. Why? Because I shall not to, to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. If a preacher doesn't give the whole counsel of God, then what happens is, on the day of judgment, he's going to be guilty of the blood of those individuals. Malachi's not that kind of guy. Malachi said, you have despised the name of God. Now, probably they weren't verbalizing that. They probably weren't saying, we despise the Lord, but by their actions, they were communicating that. And the Lord perceived it. You know, it reminds me of Revelation chapter 3 and verse 17, where the Lord says to the church at Laodicea, you say, I am rich and am become wealthy and have need of nothing, but you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That is, these people said we are rich and wealthy. That is, we've got it all going on. We are what we should be spiritually. We're pleasing to God. And he says, that is not the case. You're wretched and poor and blind and naked, and you don't even know it. That was the problem in Malachi's day. They weren't what they should have been, and they were ignorant of it. It was the problem in the first century church. They weren't what they should be, and they were ignorant of it. That is scary. That's why I want to examine my heart. I want to make sure that I don't fall into that category. Brethren, we need to learn the lesson from Malachi that when we do offer to God, what we offer is our best What are we saying today? What we're saying is this. Each of us needs to do personal examination. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about your friends. As a whole, I think the worship of the congregation is what it should be. But what about my heart? That's what I want to do this morning. I want to examine my heart and myself and see if I am what I should be in the eyes of God. Thank you for your attention this morning. I appreciate it so much. It may be that we have someone here today who is in need of responding to the Lord's invitation to become a Christian. If that is the case, we would like to assist you. The Bible teaches to become a child of God. A person needs to hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. If you want to do that this morning, we would be glad to take your confession and immerse you in water for the remission of your sins. Maybe you're here today as a Christian and you've got sin in your life, and maybe this morning you want to make a public repentance. We would be honored if we could go to God and pray for you. This morning, if we can assist you, won't you come? Together we stand and sing the invitation song.